Welcome to Cracking the Teenagers Code podcast. Abby Hunt here and joined with us today to bring you the podcast of Discovery is Caitlin Bailey and Annalise Pittman. And a thank you to Ava Threadgold for helping us create this podcast. I'm here at Sacred Heart College and it is now 3.08 and I'm on the edge of my chair and I just can't wait to learn how to crack the Teenagers Code with you. If you're an adult listening to this podcast right now, we're here to bring you a wonderful perspective of teenagers and how they view the world. During this podcast, we have a variety of four subjects. The first subject of discovery that we will be covering in today's podcast just happens to be the teenagers' mental health and what teenagers are going through today in today's society and their perspective. Let's get into it. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Um, I think the best piece of advice that I've been given personally from my parents, both of them, is to take every opportunity you get because I'm almost, it feels like every day I'm told this, that the first opportunity you don't take is the first chance that you could have done something great. So you, a door might open that you had shut. So I think yeah. that's a, yeah. my best advice. Yeah. Well, um, I've heard from a lot of kind of elderly people that they wished they had done certain things rather than trying to stay safe or just rather going out to sort of enjoy it and kind of live your life to the fullest. Yeah, yeah that's great. 91% of our generation, Gen C, said they have experienced at least one emotional symptom such as feeling depressed or anxious. What do you think is the main reason that mental health issues are prominent in our generation? Uh, I believe that there's a lot more awareness about it in nowadays where people feel a lot more comfortable to go to a psychiatrist, a professional, get diagnosed or even just talk to their friends. So it's just a lot more prominent in like um, education and we're just taught about it. Or our generation, like older generations, it wasn't even really a thing. Whereas now there's all these jobs around it and you even are taught psychology in school and important lessons that are relevant for us now. Yeah. Yeah. What is one thing at school that has been contributing to the factor of your mental health of teenagers? Um, I think it's prominently like stress due to assignments. Yeah, or even tests, like just school in general was pretty stressful. He got like, what, three assignments for each subject yeah. and a yeah. test? It just seems Even like recently, teachers trying to cram the rest of the yeah. sort of subject into the last term. Yeah, and I yeah. just remember uh, one day I was just sitting at home and I was just staring at my history assignment. I was just sat there. I had absolutely nothing on my face. My mum was coming in and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, it's and just that like frustration that builds up and you just don't get anything and it just turns into like a mental breakdown. It's not very really fun. Yeah. I got a bit of a saying, it's uh, tears and tea. I have a bit of a cry and then get a cup of tea and I'll be all right. <laughs> The COVID-19 pandemic has also taken a toll on mental health in teenagers. What is your most memorable experience with the online school or being at school during the pandemic? Well, we were given, we were very lucky in South Australia as we were given the choice whether we wanted to go to school or if you wanted to stay home and isolate depending on your personal situation and perhaps what your parents' jobs were covered under. But I personally stayed, like I went to school I was the quite opposite. So I stayed at home um, for personal reasons and all of my friends stayed at school. So I had like no face-to-face contact. See, I was all. the opposite. All of my friends were isolated. Yeah. yeah. And it's just really, it's really difficult because whenever I was like trying to get help, they were in class so they couldn't contact me. And it's just, it's very difficult to find the time to talk to them when you're in two completely yeah, different definitely. situations. Yeah. yeah, I can relate to you more, Caitlin. <laughs> And now tell me a story about the during the pandemic that took a toll or changed your relationship with others like friends. Well, 
As all of my friends were in isolation, this kind of left me alone at school. And even in class, if people's friends were there, they were still very separated because um, we had to social distance, all the desks were spread apart. And I might have only had eight other people in my core class personally, but um, I kind of had to venture out at recess and lunch to make more friends with people that I wouldn't have necessarily spoken to. And this did strengthen my bonds and friendships with other people and also found new friends that I still have now yeah um well for me I think it's more like it was more the work for me like the actual assignments because as I was at home I was not able it wasn't as accessible to ask my teachers for help so I was sat there I had like three assignments due or something that day and I had no idea how to start any of them and I'd usually ask my friends but I had no contact. I tried messaging them or emailing. It it was a really difficult situation. I mean, even for the teachers as well, trying to juggle in class, looking after the students that are at home or at school. Yeah, yeah. And even with the... But I'm lucky. I had my two older siblings to help me with it. (laughs) Yeah, we got a lot closer in COVID as well. Yeah, whereas I think I would have been the opposite if I had been at home. My my two younger siblings haven't really reached that time where they've matured quite yet, so... (laughs) probably would have driven me up the wall a bit (laughs) social media holds a lot of expectations over our heads like body image so if you could change one thing about social media expectations what would it be um i just think overall this is probably the most um common response but just make it more accurate and positive and realistic because even as the young age of like five and six these kids are like put up in social media and shown that this is the ideal and this is what they have to look like in body image even what they're doing you feel like you should be doing more you're sat at home when you feel like you should be out with friends yeah or even like people digitizing their images or even putting filters on it to make it look more appealing or I like to think that it only highlights the good things and that you have this sense of certain influences that that's what their life is truly like but they never really show when they're down or their negatives and it's like it's said a lot but um people it's natural to have like acne or like any even just like having pimples it's just you put a filter and you get rid of them and it seems almost that you're not yourself or you're not in that position where you're representing yourself to your friends or your family those people online of your normal yeah, self it's projecting your true self yeah you're someone else you're not yourself and that's just a difficult position yeah on the topic like do you guys have a particular experience with the expectations well it's really easy to compare yourself to others and be caught up in how they look what things they wear perhaps like me personally I don't really do it consciously but you do do it yeah and I think for me, it's actually I not really body image as such. Personally, it's more just like the going out, the wearing the right clothes. Because yeah, I'll be sitting the in new bed, trends. Mm-hmm. I'll be sitting in bed and I'll be like scrolling through Instagram and all of these people who go to my school who aren't even my friends. I'm not even in contact with <laughs> have these new like flared jeans or like this like yeah. baggy jeans that are coming in trend again. And I'm just like, I need new jeans. I've got skinny <laughs> jeans. They're not good enough. I found that like I found myself in the same dilemma and then I find it hard to get jeans anyways. Oh yeah, they have no one. No, yeah. I can't not up. They don't have anything that no. fits me. <laughs> yeah. Well, looking on the brighter side of social media and their pros, what was the time that social media has actually helped you escape from reality? I think it's just 
especially like going back to school, like you're just able to go on your phone or just scroll through TikTok for me personally, it's more entertainment (laughs) and you get away, you watch funny videos, you have a laugh and you can share it with your friends and you keep in contact, but you're not totally wasting your time because you get that downtime to just relax. Yeah. Or like I find Instagram is when sometimes you do feel more actively involved with it whereas on tiktok hours can go by where you just scroll looking at things that you like there's a trend on tiktok currently where they show their screen time and some people are up to 23 hours a day i've seen that yeah it's horrible (laughs) but how do you sit there for 23 hours there's only 24 in a day exactly it yeah it baffles me <laughs> and you're like one more video at bedtime but then it goes to like 3 a.m from like 12 o'clock and you're like how did the time get away from <laughs> exactly me? exactly do you think social media has actually helped change your friendships or like improved them well definitely um so yeah. social media it connects us with people that we know but we also learn more about like people that we might not typically speak to regularly in school or even people that might just be in our year level um but being able to communicate on these apps is beneficial in forming new friendships yeah Yeah. and I think it's even with your um normal friendships and even your closest friends eliminating COVID from the um like situation where you can't go face to face even when you're both busy and you can't catch up on that weekend you can still talk to each other and not lose that bond because sometimes when you can't talk to that person a lot you tend to your relationship kind of just goes yeah. downhill a bit and yeah. it's not as strong and it's difficult to get back to that point where you had so much fun with them. Well, it, yeah, it definitely was our kind of saviour in that respect of being broken apart physically and I feel like it definitely was the case for people in other countries and states that were less fortunate than yeah. South Australia. And it's even looking back um, when like our parents were kids, they barely had social media or anything. And it just makes you think sometimes I'm like, how did they even keep relationships so well? Yeah, having to use like landlines or... Yeah, sharing with your family. (laughs) (laughs) The amount of things you wouldn't want them to hear. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah, like some people have experience where they don't really want their parents looking through their phone about friendship texts and like that can change your friendships if they see the wrong thing. Yeah, or that level of trust. Yeah, Yeah, I think it needs to be level between the kid and the parent. Otherwise, it can't be a healthy relationship. No. If you'd like to hear more episodes from Sacred Heart College, you can check them out on our own podcast page. The link is in the show notes for this episode. This podcast was produced by Annalise Pittman, Caitlin Bailey, Abby Hunt and Ava Threadgold for Sacred Heart College in partnership with ArchD Radio and Podcasting. Be sure to connect with ArchD Radio and Podcasting on Facebook for photos, news and the magic of behind the scenes of this podcast creation. Thank you for today tuning in today's episode of Cracking the Teenagers Code. We hope you enjoyed it. <laughs>